Detroit, the near future. Officer Alex J. Murphy and his partner, Ann Lewis, fight to rid the decaying city of the criminal element which infests it. After being mortally wounded in the line of duty, Officer Murphy is outfitted by OCP with bulletproof titanium robotic parts and with computer-enhanced motor and sensory capabilities. He has become the ultimate super cop. Robocop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Movies We Were Way Too Young to See, a look at some of the most influential films we grew up watching, regardless of parental approval. I'm Mowgli, and as you heard by that wicked introduction, it's time we meet our other robot friend, the law-abiding and ultra-violent RoboCop. So pack your bags, Malv, because we're headed to Detroit. My bags have been packed, bro, and I'm ready. Oh, yeah, RoboCop. Originally released in 1987 in the United States, correct? Mm-hmm. Wow. So this was before our time. Yep. This one and the second one. You still like it, though. Oh, I love it. How old were you when you first saw this? Five years old. Five? Tops. Tops. Five years old tops. You sound like me with Terminator. This is my Terminator. This, this is, is my Terminator. <laughs> this is my Terminator. This is my Robocop. Yeah, RoboCop to me was that was my movie, my go-to movie as a child. Like I, I just remember no Sandlot, no Rookie of the Year. Oh no, I, I had all those on VHS as I was well. But like you know those movies you obsessed as a little kid. Like I loved watching those, but like when I sat on this one, I just go, oh my god, this is crazy. This is crazy. What is happening? Like I'd never seen stuff like this, especially up violence wise in this film. Oh yes. Within the first 15 minutes, I was like, this movie is going to change my life. And I was five years old right there. So what Terminator lacks in its ultra-violence and, and blood and guts, RoboCop makes up for in tenfold. 12, 20-fold. My goodness. It's on another level. I was introduced to RoboCop 2 and 3 before I saw 1. But when I finally did see 1... Pretty ultraviolet, pretty traumatizing. Yeah, true R. No, this was rated X. Oh, yes, guys. If you guys didn't know about this, um, RoboCop, every, before every film, it needs to be rated by the MPAA. So the director, Paul Verhoeven, has sent this over, and the MPAA straight up was like, there's way too much violence in this movie. This is definitely rated X. So Paul Verhoeven and the editor had to go 11 times to the MPAA to try and get this film reduced to a rated R. Hmm. And if you've seen the movie today, even if you watch the edited version, it is a hard R movie. And as a kid, that's that's what I loved. I loved the violence, you know? It was something different. You don't really see violence like that in Sandlot, Rookie of the Year. I wonder why. <laughs> I guess because it, those stories weren't set in Detroit. It's true. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Paul Verhoeven was a, a true foreseer of the future, especially in Detroit. Detroit, what it needs now is a RoboCop. Yeah, maybe. We're just a good basketball team. <laughs> or a good football team. They're going to get any of those. They need a statue. You know how Philly has Rocky? Weren't they talking about that, trying to get a RoboCop oh, yeah. statue? I remember I remember hearing about that a little uh, while ago. Yeah, the, I don't know if you guys heard. Yeah, Detroit was trying to get it. Like 
the most fictional character, the most violent, one of the most violent fictional characters. And the city was like, yeah, we need to make a statue of RoboCop. And no lie, I was down for it. That would I would go visit Detroit for that reason only. That would, yeah, draw tourism a bunch. Yeah. For sure. So how did you see this then? I'm going to tell it again, guys. I grew up by public TV. This was for sure. PBS? <laughs> you saw this on PBS? Support for PBS Kids comes from viewers like you. This was for sure Channel 5 movie again, noon. And uh, I have, well, like I said, with the VHSs, like, this is one of the first movies I remember that we as a family recorded to have because my dad didn't really want to buy new VHSs because they were so expensive back in the day. Oh, I remember. And, they were like 20 bucks a pop, right? Yeah, and back in the day, what was that today's money? Like 40 bucks? I think so. Maybe around there? I'm not a mathematician. Hmm. I'm a podcaster, okay. not a mathematician. <laughs> so that was your DVR back yeah, in the day. Yeah, that was my VHS until we upgraded with a Blockbuster and a Hollywood Video on their cheap discounts. Yeah, those saved lives. But I wasn't like you. I never destroyed any of my my tapes where you had to rebuy Terminator 2 like a whole bunch of times. I, I didn't I, destroy them. We just watched them too much. I know. I'm just saying like you had to have watched it like every day then because I, I don't know why I kept all my films like VHS or DVDs and Blu-rays now like pretty pristine. I don't ever, never really have to replace them. Well, congratulations. <laughs> so that was when, that was how. For me, like I said, I saw part two and part three because – I think in Christmas, 95 or 96, I received a box set of VHSs, and in them was RoboCop 2 and 3. So I saw those a lot more, but when I finally did see RoboCop 1, I think I was about 11 or 12, and I rented it from the library because I'm a library kid. Hashtag library boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Educated. Oh, no. Library is the best place to get all your movies. So, yeah, I would see it there, and um, it was a VHS copy. My God, was it? Fuck, you went. You had, I never went to the library during VHS days. Yeah, dude. I used to go to the library Fuck, all the time. You are a library kid. Yeah, man. I was. You is. I is. I still be. <laughs> I worked at a library. Hello. Little backstory, little side quest right there. I worked at a library for a little bit. And that's it. <laughs> side quest over. That's all you need to know. <laughs> He's so mysterious. We need to know more. No, you know who's mysterious? Robocop. Because who was he before? He was Alex Murphy. Murphy. Who's Alex Murphy? Just a regular old cop in Detroit. He gets transferred in by the mega corporation OCP. OCP, the evil corp, right? Mm-hmm. They're Ugh. looking to take over and destroy Detroit and rebuild over it a new city called Delta City. They're just instead of gentrifying it, or uh, that's what it is. They're trying to gentrify the the whole city of Detroit and then make this like a dystopian kind of universe. Oh, it is a dissent. Well, it's a near future, crime ridden, not that many cops really doing their jobs. And here's this evil corporation just going to take advantage of it. You're like, hmm, they need cops. We make military weaponry. Let us buy Detroit and then let us start sending our product and, you know, experimenting in the city. When I was younger, mm-hmm. I would cry a lot in kindergarten. I would have separation anxiety issues. So I remember we got the robot cop. We got the RoboCop dolls, the robot cop. That's the, that's the Rhodium version, the robot cop. The robot cop. <laughs> with your protector? Yeah, with my protector. We would get that. I'd get the RoboCop doll, and there was an arrangement between my parents, myself, and the teacher. If I behaved and I didn't cry, at the end of the day, I got to play with my RoboCop doll. So 
a little bit of classical conditioning for me there. <laughs> I learned to behave. I learned to not cry. I learned to be obedient. And I got to play with a robot that kills people for fun. Not bad. That's, yeah. That sounds like a nice childhood to me. Oh, I loved it. That doll was cool. Oh, no. You had the doll, of, right? Oh, it was my favorite doll ever. That doll was sick. It was one of the, okay, guys, this is like one of those huge one-footers plus. Premium quality. Premium quality, like hard plastic, pieces of metal, real hard rubber. I really remember the hard rubber on the hands because on this uh, action figure, you could take off the hands and add new weapons. Yeah, so it came with, de- like the hands were detachable yeah. hands. <laughs> so yeah, they were detachable. You could take out the hands. You could put in a gun. A rocket launcher, all those neat things. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was one of my favorite, like, dolls, action figures growing up. And I wish I would have kept it. Same. I'm wondering what happened to it. My mom gave it away for sure. She gave away so many of my toys. Just, uh, I'm so angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. And now I'm going to have to rebuy these things again. For triple the value, right? Yeah. It was like 115 I saw once for one of them. And I was this close. It's close to buying it. You would have been the coolest dude ever. I know, huh? All the girls would have loved me when they yeah. came to my room. <laughs> like, oh my god, is that an original 1987 Robocop? False. This is a 1993 Robocop 3 edition. God, women don't know. They don't know. <laughs> All right. So that was our backstory. We got introduced with the dolls, the action figures, our age, how we saw it. What part of the film or what scenes stand out to you specifically in this movie? I say we go in chronological order of brutality. Oh, my God. So you want to go <laughs> most brutal to least brutal? Well, what do you want to do? That was just a little joke because the whole movie is pretty much brutal. It yeah. just keeps adding on to the violence. I would argue. Wait. Okay. I think so. No, 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 no. Is Murphy's death more brutal than the final scene, though? Well, yes. And no. Okay, explain. I think, like, the situation and the other deaths around in the end of... The final sequence probably makes it a little bit more jarring than the death of Alex Murphy. I say we have to explain the death to the people first so they can understand exactly what we're talking about. So as we stated earlier, OCP has essentially taken over Detroit. They own the police department. So their program that they're looking for, they've sent good cops into bad areas of Detroit hoping that one of these cops get killed in the process so they could use him and use his body for their new robo cop program. So it's all a setup. That's what Essentially, you're telling me. yep. It's they all. Set, he's setting up poor Alex Murphy right here. He's just trying to do his job, man. He's got a nice family. He's got a loving wife, a son who loves to play baseball with him. Guess what? That's never going to happen anymore because Red Foreman, a.k.a. Kurtwood Smith, and his goons of motherfuckers, they shoot him. And not just shoot, they execute him. They, it was the most brutal thing I remember seeing. Up to that point, at, as, as, it was like the most violent death I'd ever seen. It still is. Honestly, it's very traumatizing today still. Just as an like, 11-year-old, I was just like, wait, either that or Saving Private Ryan was fucking ooh. brutal. So Murphy and Lewis are mm-hmm. partners. Lewis, she gets injured and she's knocked out. Yeah. So Murphy is by himself facing Red and his gang. Red's name is Clarence in this movie, yeah? Clarence Boddicker. Clarence Boddicker. Clarence Boddicker. Clarence is a nasty motherfucker, dude. He's, he's ruthless. Of, yeah. If, he's, if you loved Red Foreman as a like a badass, you're gonna love his portrayal as Clarence Boddicker. Clarence Boddicker. Red Foreman or, or Clarence Boddicker is what Red Foreman was in Korea. 
right? Uh, yeah, his, back, his backstory. That would be his backstory, like, yeah. as, as far as his violence and his just, like, oh. foulness and, just like, his just thuggery. That's a movie theory we're going to create right there. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's brutal, man. It's one against five. They they put, uh, they bring down Officer Murphy to his knees. Get down on your knees and tell me you love me. Clarence is just staring at him. And the one thing that kicks me, Clarence, he cocks his shotgun and he just starts toying with Murphy. You know, I think that's what people would also disturb people. But as a little kid, I was just like, I already seen this movie so many times. It was one of my favorite parts to go. And this is the villain just pointing his gun at the officer on the ground. And I remember as a kid, I knew when it would start. I just go. It's like a cat playing with his mouth or like a cat playing with its food or something like that. Yeah, he was just toying with it because he knew. He knew. And that and honestly, I don't even know. Clarence. Kurtwood Smith, Red Eye. What should we? His say? real name's Clarence, <laughs> and he's from Detroit. He probably has both parents. And Clarence needs a home with both parents. And Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. Uh, okay, so this scene was just brutal, and uh, we were talking off mic earlier to let you guys know. I try to watch the movies right before we do this, and I actually stopped to watch an edited version of this last night. And to be honest, wait, the- you stopped to watch the edited version because that's the first version you were introduced to, yes? yeah. Yeah, so like uh, I wanted to rewatch it the way I, I, you fit, first watched it. Yeah, so I went to go watch it. I watched it the TV edited version, and I wasn't disappointed. This movie is still brutal, than as much as the X rated version that I have on the special edition. I think that certain cuts just add to the brutality. So that scene, he's just getting shot up in um, the regular unrated version. I would say it goes on for a minute of five people just shooting at him. And these are like the legit blood squigs. So you see, you just see blood popping his off arm, His arm gets completely shot off. That was beautiful. You legitly see his right hand completely sh- blown off. One scene, one second, full hand. Next scene, blood everywhere, no hand. And in the edited version, they stopped right when they were going to shoot his hand and they go to his face. And honestly, that disturbed me more. Like they did a close up of his face when his, when his hand is getting shot off and he looks in more pain. I was like, my God, that's the version I saw as a kid. That's more traumatizing than the one I saw when them just shooting at him, like seeing all of it, you know, sometimes it brings you out like, Oh, that's a crazy scene. But when they start editing it certain ways, it just feels more impactful. Verhoeven had stated that he wanted to be, Super over the top, right? Yeah. He wanted that because he knew having more of a comical action, like that scene where you're just getting shot is ridiculous. And he knows that the audience would know this would never happen in real life, but this is so insane. I'm going to make you watch this minute of shooting, and I don't want you to love it, even though that was our effects as kids, that we love that scene. Or I did. I was just like, oh, my God, how do you do this? How do you film this? Like... So when it came down to the edited version, it was kind of like less is more, yeah. would you say? Yeah, and that's more disturbing, I think. I would agree. That was a violent scene. Okay, our second favorite scene in this. This honestly has to be probably my favorite scene. This is one of the, this is one of the action set pieces that just blew my mind as a child. So this is RoboCop going into a Coke factory where... Clarence Boddicker is speaking to another Coke dealer and they're trying to get a deal to get lower prices on cocaine. 
And, you know, out of nowhere, the door just starts shaking and you hear a big boom. Those footsteps are so yeah. iconic. As a kid, I, I used to, like, mimic the steps that you're talking about because they would make us, like, and that's what you heard. Like, and then you just, the camera pans to the door. The door starts shaking. So you know RoboCop's knocking. And then just breaks on through. And it's a full-on gun gun battle. 20 dudes with AK shotguns all against RoboCop. This was your first introduction to a massive gun shootout in movies, yes? Yes. Would you say that? I would say yes, so, definitely. That's pretty impactful right there. You said at five years old? Yeah. You saw this? And I, I would mimic it. I, told, I was watching it you know, the night before, and I still was doing the scenes that I remember. There's little movements that he does as a robot. Even to this day, I love just the slow movement of it. And while he's shooting fools from the on the top floor, I remember as a little kid, I, I would remember the cue of when he was supposed to shoot up. And I would do the slow motion, always turn Oni with your top, and just pretend I also shot that fool too. You know? <laughs> everything in that, it was just like a, a ballet of bullets, you know, and everything just went well. It was just brutal. And I still haven't seen scenes like that anymore, you know, 80 films, 90s action film. I want to say like 97 probably stopped with that over the top, you know, with all that over the top action, I think stopped. But I think it, it's well needed now. You know, it's like a good escapism. I'm trying to think of a most recent. Well, have you seen the Raid Redemption? Yeah. That was cool. But some action. For me, I like it. I know gun outs you would think is repetitive, but in this movie, they're different. The Raid I like, but that's just full on mano a mano stuff, you know? Different, I guess. Yeah, it's a different type of action. So that's that same scene then where Clarence says his famous line, right? I work for Dick Jones! Dick Jones! Is that where he says Dick Jones? I'm yeah. working for I Dick did. Jones? Oh, I thought you were saying his other famous line. Bitches leave. No, that's the cocaine scene, the yeah. other cocaine scene. That's my favorite line. Okay. Yeah, this is the one where he just, Robocop finally gets Clarence in his hands, and he knows Clarence, Clarence is the one who killed him. His original self and is just choking him. Robots don't forget, dude. You can't. You can't delete that hard drive. <laughs> well, that's what I love about it. Oh, in that scene too, we get, he's choking Clarence, and Clarence even says it. You're a cop. You're a cop, and I love it. That's when RoboCop just stops mid choke, and he realizes too, like, oh shit, I am a cop. You know. So you see that he has self restraint, and he just lets go, and he's he's like, what are you gonna do? He's like. I'm going to take you in just like a good cop, you know? There's another scene, too, that's super, that sticks out to me a lot. It's the attempted rape scene. So what happens is RoboCop is patrolling the Detroit streets at night, and here come these thugs, these, like, what are they, skinheads or something like nah, that? Nah, they're like uh, white hillbilly-ish kind of, you know, denim jacket, denim she- long hair, mullet, the style back then. Yeah, and they're trying to uh, ambush, assault, sexually assault this woman. Mm-hmm. She's screaming for help. She's running on the street, and RoboCop hears her cries, and he's trying to de-escalate the situation. And one of the dudes, he ends up holding the girl at gunpoint, Hostage, right? Hostage, yeah. Yeah. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. The girl's legs are spread open, and RoboCop, through his point of view, through the camera, it goes into, like, some robot mode, and it sees that, and it calculates how much space he needs between the legs, so he shoots his cock. He, sh- he shoots the yeah. guy's dick off through the girl's skirt, and I was like, ah! 
So I always remember that scene and him just wincing in agony. No, that's not you just see this bright even in the edited version there's still a big right, red spot where they shot off his dick that's his foreskin yeah he, i don't understand this man like i'm like this is what i saw as a child this and my mom and my dad too is like yeah robocop's cool and i was like yeah i love robocop the lady after that after that whole shot she comes and she's like, oh, my God, thank you, RoboCop. And then RoboCop, what did you do? RoboCop's like, like, Madam, you have suffered an emotional shock. I will notify a rape crisis center. So a- as a kid, I didn't really understand and appreciate that, that when you juxtapose that to what happened, like that super violent and graphic shot, and then you have this, like, beat where it's just, like, super awkward and super straightforward. He's a robot. He doesn't really understand the timing of everything. He's not consoling her. He says it in such a generic manner. It's just, like, super funny. Well, it's, like, the robot and the product of OCP, you know? Like, he did his job. He protected her. And at the same time, you would expect an officer to console, like you said, or try to, you know, talk to her, like, hey, you know, how are you doing? But it's like, nope, straight up, I finished the job. Sorry, ma'am, somebody else will come, you know? (laughs) I have to go and continue working. Yes. Excuse me. I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening. That was funny. But like you said, like there are so many pieces of that. That's why I don't really want to talk about like the, the, the satire in this film because I feel like it's been overdone. But at the same time, it's still one of the pieces. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's still one of the best parts. It's the best pieces of the movie. Well, a little bit, the commercials, the media, like that's a input. style of Verhoeven, dude. Because he also did Starship Troopers. He's done Total Recall, and the thing about him is you see his style. That's cool. I like that. No, I like it. I just you know I don't want to like talk about it even more because that's one of the major things that people love about RoboCop or you know film critics later on. Well, we want our audience to see that. Try them in, lure them in. It's super funny. No, I want them to show the cool parts. All right, that's why they have to see it. All right, you'll get you, that in depth stuff after. That's you buy what makes that for really a good. But no, it's like like you were saying, like, yeah, it leeches you in. But for me, in this movie that I really love, like in Terminators, that there is a little bit of heartfelt. There's a little bit of love in this movie. It's not too much as Terminator 2. I think it's more. I think Terminator's a, a robot, and he's always been a robot. Alex Murphy was a human being, and now he's forced to be this robot. He never signed on to do that. He lost his family. He lost his kid. He's still struggling with those memories where it's like, he has flashbacks in the film where he's just like, wait, who am I? Am I a robot or am I this? And he drives by certain streets that he remembers when he was a human, oh, and he just gets here. triggered. Yeah. He gets triggered. So I, I honestly think this is a bit more sentimental or more emotional. It's more human. It's more human, but I think this feels more sprinkled on those spots, like you said, that he does have flashbacks of his human self. That Let's talk about This is one of my favorite scenes that is not an action scene, but what Mowgli was talking about is – RoboCop goes to his old Alex Murphy house that's being sold. And while he's walking through his house, going to different rooms, then little pieces of his past life start triggering. And, like, you're right, man. Those are, for me, still to this day, like, that's what I like about it It is those little emotional human interactions, especially with Peter Weller, who plays RoboCop. You wouldn't think a man who is covered in all this armor and only his bottom mouth that is exposed could display so much emotion. And what I love about this is he displays that motion through his body. 
Um, a lot of you, or well, many of you who don't know that Peter Weller actually did a lot of physical acting to get into this role. You know, he went to a famous meme, um, not, not a famous meme, a famous mime who uh, was teaching at Juilliard to teach him how to move. Like, how, do, how would a robot move or how should I move to make it look like I'm this heavy? And, yo, he did A-plus work on that throughout the whole movie. I personally feel like this is a bit more human, a bit more emotional. But um, I think inside, you know, it's like one man's internally, journey. Yeah, like an yeah. existential, like existential. Yeah, existential kind of thing. Whereas T2, like you love that. That's a family dynamic that you're dealing with. You could understand that. But this too, like you relate to this robot or at least I do, you know, like what he's going through. It's like, who am I? Where am I? You know, it's stuff like that that I love. And I love that Verhoeven just sprinkled those in. I think if he probably would have done it a little bit too much, it probably would have ruin the movie but it was a nice balance how we've seen in these last two action films that we did that honestly you need that heart character development to make those action pieces a little bit more and now for the final action piece that we're going to be talking about the final showdown oh my goodness so this is the scene where robocop he's going to go ambush all of the dudes who killed him he realizes where they are and who they are, so he's going to go to this, like, steel mill, like, right? Yeah. Or is it, like, a factory, an abandoned factory? It's an abandoned... I want to say it is, like, an abandoned fam. It's a steel mill. So he goes over there, and he's going to take them all out one by one by one. And the one that sticks out to me the most is oh. the toxic waste oh, man, man, right? Yeah. Dude, that look that scared me as a kid. It's, yeah, it scared me, too. So one of the dudes who, like, uh... Mel. He, he's, like, uh... What's his name? Uh, email email he's the he's blonde a ginger yeah he's uh clarence boddicker's like you would i would say more of right hand man. man yeah so it, it was it was clarence's right hand man robocop is having a, a duel with him and what happened does he fall into the waste bin robocop is shooting at him amel is in a, a truck and amel is going towards robocop it's like a game of chicken with yeah. the cars yeah i don't know how they filmed it but you see robocop like jump out the way really fast even though you know he's extremely heavy because he's titanium and then robocop jumps out the way amel just crashes into this big silo that just has you know like nuclear waste on it he crashes into it you see all the juices all come out and then this is where the fucking monster comes out he literally looks like creature oh, from the black lagoon scared times. me yeah it's it's still disgusting. Just all his skin is like melted, and he's just just walking towards him. And now Clarence, who was right behind him, is also driving, kind of mimicking it a little bit earlier. Now Amel is not fast enough to run out the way, and Clarence just just obliterates this fool. I'm not going to lie. That shit scared me as a kid. It is so It's the noise. It's a, and I, I just looked at him. I was like, you oh, can, God. You can hear the pain. Yeah. yeah the, the just, oh, oh, man. That was God. crazy. Yeah. But that whole sequence after that, just mano a mano, him versus Clarence. Where is Clarence Bonniger? This was the rap battle. <laughs> so so this this was uh, B-Rabbit versus uh, the free world. Yeah. <laughs> All Detroit today. Robocop. It's I am Bill. the Robocop. It's Clarence, Bill. you killed me. Prepare to die. 
I killed your homeboy. You didn't cry. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Hard <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, oh no, this is this scene too was epic. Just it's on the level of T two as well. Just setting up that last set piece. You get all the stories going to get wrapped up here. The emotional beats help at here at the end. You know, while we're watching, we're loving uh, Lewis's and Robo's relationship. It's a a small one. Important, though. Small but important, yes. Not sexual, either. Mm -mm, Nope, not sexual. And that was the main thing, too, that uh, I was reading that Verhoeven wanted to do. Like, he he made sure to cast uh, the Anne Lewis character to be more boyish or ambiguous, androgynous, because he didn't... He didn't want to do that whole thing, that whole play. He that relationship to, yeah. aspect of a cop partners. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it would have ruined the story. You know, again, like with Terminator, they didn't do that. It, it just, works. Yeah, it's just another relationship with another human being who happens to be a woman. And she's strong as well, too, at the end. She's the one who actually saves his ass at the end. Mm-hmm. So what happens then? So, so Red, dude, Red can do everything, man. Seriously, he's like running the, what, like uh, like the... What's that? The claw? The claw, like a metal claw in a construction site. What's that called? No, you do construction, don't you? I don't. That was one time, <laughs> and that was illegal. I was at Home Depot, and I and I needed money really bad. Yeah. So Clarence, he's a mad evil genius. So while him and RoboCop are having a mano a mano talk down on the end of the water, he sees one of his goons at the far edge climbing into a crane. And that crane has, like, all this metal scrapping and stuff. And RoboCop still doesn't see, he doesn't know what's happening behind him. So we, as the audience, see the crane getting closer on top of him. And out of nowhere, instantly, just drops all this iron work. And RoboCop is there with a huge metal steel beam that he can't get up. And that's where we see, oh, my God, Clarence. So he's trapped. He's so, so, trapped. So, he can't move. Arms done. His head just exposed. Clarence's homie dropped all of the metal on top of RoboCop, trapping him and pinning him down, and you think it's his demise. You think it's his demise. You think it's Clarence has got it. Damn, he's going to kill him again. But what Clarence doesn't know is Lewis is right behind him with a huge-ass futuristic assault rifle, aims at the hooligan up there in the crane, and one bullet explodes the whole crane structure. And then that's when RoboCop brings out his sick-ass... Digital, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a digital cable that spike that it comes through his hand that he can connect with all these other computers and products. It, the best way to describe it is kind of like Wolverine's claws, right? Yeah, but like it's a USB. Okay, yeah. Like a USB claw. Okay. <laughs> that's what, that's what <laughs> nice. Actually, okay, yeah. yeah. It's so, meant for today's era. Yeah. <laughs> so like that, he can only get his USB claw out and he just sticks it i love this even as a kid i don't there's something wrong with me because it was the poet it was the justice i think that's what i didn't know what it was you know, back you then. Know red was just a dick you already yeah. knew it and like you just get he gets them in the throat i remember this and you're just like yes he finally got what he got but no nah, nah, the crazy shit didn't even happen right when robocops rips it out just this massive rain of blood just falls on robocop and i'm just like yes it's like a waterfall of blood just yeah and i'm just like squirts everywhere yeah that was like the satisfaction I needed at the end of the movie, you know? So RoboCop ends up killing Clarence, a.k.a. Kurtwood, a.k.a. Red. Mm-hmm. Dumbass. Yeah, and that's... Oh, it's just so good. I wish more movies were like that, you know? They will be. You can do when them. When we make them. You can right? do them. They're still there. They're still there. Oh, I'm waiting for, my, for them to call me. I'm going to be doing the RoboCop reboot. All me, all right? 
Yes, yes. All right, everybody, and that's going to do it for today's episode of Movies We Were Way Too Young to See. That was great. I loved it. So fun. So fun. Robocop, we loved it. We're going to keep doing more. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Malv underscore N underscore Mowgli. Any any questions or concerns, malvinmowgli at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings, please. We need those. We need some money. Unemployment's, yes, unemployment's running out. Before we head out, we have a very special guest to join us. We tried months and months of emailing. We were fortunate enough for him to join us. The one, the only, our childhood hero. The RoboCop. Yes, I am a cop. Mr. RoboCop, thank you for joining us. Given the current political climate right now, how do you think police officers are being treated and represented in today's United States? Drop it! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I thought we were okay to have that question. Right? That's what I thought. Oh, okay. Well. Drop it! Well, okay. Okay. Just, we won't answer that. Apologies. Robo, if you don't want to answer that, can you just let us and our audience know what are the major responsibilities that an officer must hold? Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. Well, now I have a follow-up question to your answer. Why aren't many officers in America... Not upholding these standards. Drop the gun. You are under arrest. I don't have anything. Wait, what, 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 what's going on here? Come quietly or there will be trouble. What, I, what, yeah, what, why am I getting arrested? That are alive. You are coming with me. Robo, he doesn't have anything. Help! Ah! Ah! He's killing me! Oh my God! How is this dying? dead your move creep he's dead robo he's already dead oh my god mouth thank you for your cooperation good night